my new friend, Michaela Cox. What's up, girl? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Like the drum. Thank you. So I want to make sure right from the beginning, because I I really want to give you the platform. I really want to give you the opportunity. And I want to make sure you feel as comfortable and as welcome and as like genuinely cared for as you possibly can in these moments. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, but be as be as open and free as you want. I zero zero judgment, zero objections, and I'm so glad that we were able to connect. And I hope this is just the very beginning of what we are able to do as far as being resources for each other. I agree. So, please, I, I, here's the thing. I, I like to. I kind of pride myself on the fact that like, this isn't like every other podcast. So yeah. somebody, tell me your, tell me your story. But of course I really am interested in the, the journey that brought you to thinking that an evolving story really fits really, really, really super fits Michaela Cox. Well, I'll ask you a question. How about that? Sure. What yeah. 38 triple D means <laughs> 38 triple D. Uh-huh. Um, is that, was that, was that Sable's bra size in the WWF? <laughs> no, I don't know, but it is not my bra size, <laughs> no. but it's definitely not my bra size. Except no. maybe I'm totally kidding. That was, that was like a, some like, 30, yeah. I think the, the t-shirt that they, they had her wear said like 38 special. Cause that was like <laughs> the name of her. Yeah. Are you a wrestling fan at all? Or am I nuts? No, but my husband was. Uh, um, and mentioning of 38 special, good music. Oh, you know what? That sounds familiar now. Classic rock. Okay. Yeah, totally. I can't what? think of anything off the top of my head, but I, I would know their songs when I heard it. I mean, I saw them tour with like Foreigner and uh, Sticks one time, so. Anyway. It totally, it totally sounds familiar, and I feel like what was that what what era was that? Seventies, eighties, so, classic 70s, rock. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Where, where, where are you from, Kayla? I'm from Texas, but I live in Louisiana right now. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a family in Texas, and what part? Uh, my my brother, sister, and my dad live in Katy, Texas. Oh, yeah. I don't talk about I'm Houston girl. That's my pound. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everyone thinks oh. I'm nuts because I've lived the longest in Louisiana, but my birth certificate says Houston, Texas. Thank you very much. And I lived in Texas for almost a decade, so that's what I claim. And I always will. <laughs> did you did you experience the snowmageddon? Oh my god. Oh, that ain't right. That is messed up, man. That is not supposed to happen down here. I left that crap in New Hampshire. I was like, what state am I in? Did I really move? My friends up north were like, we didn't get any snow. They're like, how in the crap did I get snow in Massachusetts, Maine, and New Hampshire? Didn't get any. That's wrong. Hmm. Not happy camper about that. So I like being in flip-flops by March and in my pool. <laughs> So did you write a book? Yeah, I've written seven. And I'm working on 
one right now. <laughs> You're working on this eighth book. Yeah. How do you how do you find that time to do that? My kids are in school. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're in school, you just go. I'm gonna right. just write books. Yeah. So does are they all like autobiographical? Do they go like yeah. very personal, oh. or are you not very personal with it? Is it like novels or? Purse, it's nonfiction. It is personal because it's stuff I'm passionate about it and what I believe in, but it's yet to be about my life except in small tidbits. However, when I get done writing this book that I'm writing right now, that's the next thing I have to do. I have to start a new series and do the first one on that series, which is going to be called Now I See on My Life Story. So I'm going to be starting that this year, and that's the only new series I'll be starting. And the rest are pretty much sequels the rest of this year. So, so I have. I write on a variety of topics, very diverse. My, I think I, when, when you and I first exchanged emails, it was like, I identify with your journey considering so much, like my eyesight is very bad. So when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I just like kind of lived in my own little bubble, my nearsighted bubble and really did not ex like, didn't really talk to a lot of people. And I was very awkward and weird and I couldn't throw yeah. or catch and I couldn't play with anybody. So I, I, I identify with it and I kind of want to yeah. see if you could, if you could kind of uh, lay out the story a little bit better. So uh, myself and whoever's listening can kind of get a better understanding. Well, that is the first D of the triple eight, the triple D 38 thing. It's just, it, I'll go ahead and explain it to solve the curious cats out there and quench their curiosity potentially. Um, it's lifelong disability of legal blindness, which I'll explain in a minute. It was divorce at 26 and it was death of my beloved husband at the age of 38, throwing me into solo motherhood. All right. First D let's attack that. Um, disability. Um, I was born totally blind. I'm not sure what your background is or the potential backgrounds of your audience, but for me and my family, we're Christian based or faith based. Um, I'm not as conservative as I used to be, but, um, so I, this takes very little to offend me. But um, so we believe at seven months old, when I was born totally blind in complete darkness, that God decided to do a miracle and allow me to have my sight back. So I do see, but it's just impaired and it's impaired by being legally blind. And in case anybody's wondering what that might mean is it means within the parameters of the definition of what the law defines as blind, meaning it's either 2200 or 2400 uncorrected vision, which has to do with what you see. Acuity, your visual acuity, like when you go into the eye doctor and they measure what you're seeing at, that's what they're talking about. So mine's pretty much screwed up. Um, the root cause of it is optic nerve atrophy, which means my optic nerve is totally shot. <laughs> it is not a normal optic nerve at all. This, the color is not what it's supposed to be and the shape is different. So the bloodstream doesn't go through it like it's supposed to. It's therefore able to process the images that go to your brain to tell your eyes what they're supposed to be seeing. So it's totally jacked up. I do have nearsightedness, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. I have astigmatism and nystagmus, and my peripheral is not very good, nor is my depth perception. So let's just make it really complicated about it. The main issue for me is I don't drive. You don't want me driving. <laughs> driving and legal blindness don't mix. Trust me on that one. Not a good one. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? You know what? I I I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. but, I thought uh, everybody who was blind had a driver's license. Yeah, no, they shouldn't. Anyway, but so yeah, but I've never had a day or taken a breath where I where I wasn't or where I won't be because it's not correctable. 
Um, so it's just my norm. It's what I'm used to. And so I've worked really hard for almost 43 years. Yes, I will be 43. I don't have a problem with that number. Um, no, I mean. Of doing what I have to do in spite of it and doing. I, I, I absolutely applaud the owning the age. The number, <laughs> the number, like you have, and, and, and I have this saying I say all the time is the amount of knowledge that comes with experience. Like you have, you have that much experience. That means you have all this knowledge. Like you have the track record. You've got the wisdom that's involved. Like when they say the, the, the elders are the wise men, like that's, that's, that applies to everybody. The older you are, hopefully the more wisdom you've had the opportunity to gain. Yeah, exactly. They didn't, you don't live a long time by being stupid. <laughs> right. right. Well, I mean, some stupid people can live long, right? Yeah, well, generally speaking. <laughs> As my husband used to say, play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. So, you know, there's that too. But anyway, I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass, but that's just me. <laughs> there you go. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I, I that That's a good one. <laughs> I try and live up to the reputation of the redhead and Texas Southern girl. <laughs> so, so the, the, the vision has never been corrected or anything. It can't be not fully. I mean, you could probably do Lasix and fix the extremism, but you're still dealing with the optic nerve and in medicine, they, they it doesn't op, transplanting instead of like transplanting an organ, like a heart or a, a liver or a kidney or whatever, you're dealing with transplanting a nerve. It doesn't even exist in medical science. It would be probably one of like the, the last frontiers of medicine. And even if you did it, you're basically giving the doctor the permission to go screw with your brainstem. Screw that. No, thanks. I'll just keep not driving. I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need you screw with my brainstem. Well, well, did you, did you hear about Elon Musk is trying to put, um, he's trying to put a Neuralink in people's brains so they can correct their vision. Wow. Interesting. Would you would you be down with that? I'd have to I'd have to research it and really explore it and know what it is before I'd be willing to sign up for it. Because I mean, when I mean, it's not. It, there's a different. I'm not afraid of surgery. I've had twelve or thirteen, whatever. That mm -hmm. might be TMI. But there's a difference between getting your gallbladder taken out or having a C-section than versus saying let someone go mess with and play with your brain. Oh yeah, totally. tweak the wrong way something and you're screwed out of a hell of a lot more. So I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll stay through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for almost forty three years. I'm good. I promise. I I'm uh by by the time this episode comes out, I'm ten years removed from having brain surgery myself. So I yeah. do know the fear of going like, well, they're gonna go and mess around with my brain. See this yeah. little dip? See this little dip that I got right here? I'll take your word for it. My vision doesn't allow me to see this. Yeah, I got I got I got a little bit of a I got had to have my face peeled off and a bunch of that my face stapled back on. You know brain surgery and stuff so i'll take a little neuro. i might i might take a neuro neuro link to correct my eyesight oh there you go wow birdie about your story now <laughs> i've already i've already been afforded all this bonus all this bonus time okay well that's good right yeah yeah, yeah. totally so <clears throat> how many d's now three d's so, uh, disability is the first, and then divorce mm -hmm. is the second. Okay. I got divorced at 26. <laughs> was that, 
was was it multiple was it multiple marriages to the same partner? No, that was the first one, and um, I left him because of <clears throat> the interest uh, the interesting situation we had going on there, which I don't mind sharing, but it for some people it might be considered TMI. So I'll leave that up to you whether you want me to divulge or not. I have I'm, no problem. I'm, I'm told like I I wanted to tell you right in the beginning that you're free and welcome and safe to and share whatever you would like to share. If you want to share anything, please do. He had an interesting background growing up um, with his family. And so he chose to handle in a way that allowed him to have a little bit of an internet addiction, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So he'd rather look at others than me. And um, I was a good Christian girl at the time. I mean, I'm still a Christian. I don't mean it like that. I'm meaning I was very much raised that you're a virgin when you get married. And there's nothing wrong with that because I have no qualms and I'm not demeaning it. I'm just saying I'm a little bit different now than what I was back then. I'm not as conservative, but um, due to life experiences and I have different perspectives than I did at that young age of 22, I was still a virgin at 24 and I've been married tw two years. Mm -hmm. Y'all figuring out what I'm saying? Right. So we had problems in that department because of his little addiction or whatever. And we tried our best to work it out and work past it and counseling and all that whatnot. And I decided I wasn't staying around for round number two. And in the state of Louisiana at that time, we had you had to be legally separated. I'm assuming it's still the same, but I don't know because that was 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. almost. No, right at 16 years. Anyway, um, and so I said, you have six months to figure it out. You're either going to do this and I'll consider moving to where your job's at or I'll go to court. I went to court because he never figured it out. Next chapter, moving on. So that was that. So that was the second one, disability, divorce. And then I was blessed and fortunate enough to meet, um, not long after that, my husband who I was with for 12 years and was the love of my life. And we had a phenomenal marriage and we were supposed to have forever. But unfortunately, in 2017, he passed away and I became a solo mom who was disabled and had her third D of disability, divorce, and death of a spouse by the age of 38, hence 38 triple D. And what I have learned through all that, while I'm not perfect and I don't have all the answers and I don't claim to have the answers, what I claim to have is I have certain knowledge because I've walked through different experiences at much younger ages or generally speaking than some people or some people ever go through period. And so it's afforded me a certain type of wisdom, <laughs> as you were saying that I feel like I can share and help other people in their circumstances. And so that's what I do claim to have is to impart to everyone what I've gained. And it has taught me a lot that through those three D's of my 38 triple D to learn and figure out how to thrive in life and all things, no matter what it throws my way. In a nutshell. Wow. Dude, this I always, I always go back to saying like you, you, you grow through what you go through. Yeah. So, so the amount of things that you've been through and the amount of growth that you've had, as far as being somebody who can inspire other people, I just try to think how, how closely and how personally you affect maybe the, the children that you have. And like, you probably inspire the hell out of everybody who knows you and that it's, it's, Oh, they say I do. I don't know. We'll see. Ask me with my kids. I say all the time, jokingly, well, you're doing a great job. Ask me when they're 18 and 21 and not in a therapist's office or a talk radio, you know, like a, a national TV show airing their dirty laundry. Then we'll talk about how good a job I did. Okay. Okay. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that 
therapy is a bad thing at all. No, so I think so, funny. I, no, I, I'm I, in therapy and I love it, but I'm in absolutely. If I jack my kids up or not when they're done. <laughs> well, the thing that's a that's a that's a role that you accept when you sacrifice being being who you are, and then you go, oh, I, I'm giving all that up to be the mother of these people, and yeah. you're no longer just Michaela. Now you're mom. Yep. 24/7. Yeah, that never goes away. You got to you got you got to have that role. Yeah. And I'm glad to have it. I just ask me how good of a job I did when they're 18 and 21 then we'll talk. Well, I mean no matter that's the other part of it. The other part of the sacrifice that you make is the fact that no matter how hard you try, either sometimes you try too hard or you didn't try enough, that everybody no matter who you talk to has got issues with how their parents raised them. Oh, heck yeah, man. <laughs> so you you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get it right, and you're not yeah. you, 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 just, just you shouldn't be expected to. Bad. Just hopefully I won't f it up too bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just, as, as long as they, they, they see the sacrifices and appreciate you for what you are. When I come, when I go back and I look at my mom and her uh, her sacrificing her entire life and everything she's ever done has been for my benefit and everything she ever does now is for my benefit still. And yep. it's like, I, I don't have any moments where I go like, ah, mom screwed me up. But you know, of course there's moments where I'm like, Oh, well, you know, this is a moment that I am not the most fond of or that, but right. you, I went through that and it helped us grow what our relationship was. So yeah. there's a, there's a, uh, an, a, an, uh, a forgiveness that happens and there's a moving past things that happens. And hopefully with the examples that you're setting at this point, your kids as they age should be able to do that exact same thing. Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> How old are they now? They're seven and 10. When their father died, they were six and three. So they were pretty young to have that big of a hit in life so early. Yeah, I mean, they'll have to they'll have to understand that like you were, that was thrust upon you as well as, as, as well as the responsibility of being a single mom, a yeah. widowed single mom. It's a very different journey. I mean, grief is grief in a way, but because the ones that unfortunately have to come to that journey of grief and loss, it's the same journey, but because we're all individual, unique people with unique circumstances and the circumstance of which you come to it in and of itself is very different most of the time. So then the journey becomes very different from one person to the next, although it's an emotional journey. It's a weird thing about marriage. I mean, I, I, I never got married. I, I'm, I'm 37 now. I've never been married, but I have to say like the idea behind it is going like, well, like, ideally, one of us, the, the 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 goal is one of us is going to die, and that's how our relationship ends, and right. that's like sort of like that's heavy, and then the, the be faced with the reality of that, especially when you like entered in on this agreement to raise these kids together, right? But well, I what? mean, the way it's supposed to go in a perfect world, which we you don't. Grow yeah, exactly. And then right. it's not fun then either, but it's more understandable because you had this good, long, healthy life. You've seen your kids become parents and have grandkids, hopefully, or great grandkids or whatever the heck. And then 
you're not happy about it then, but you're, you can at least say we had all these whatever. Right. And instead of life, I mean, it's always life interrupted because it ended, but mm. I mean, it's very different from, and it doesn't mean any less significant for them just because it happened later in life, but it's still a very different ball game than when you're a young person or partner and lose your partner. And then, I mean, okay. It was, February 4th, I mean, April 4th, coming up on four years, 2017, at nine o'clock at night on the East Coast, I found out, well, nine hours later, after my head was still spinning, I still had to get up and get my daughter ready for school. It didn't matter that my our world just came to an end and she didn't know it yet. I still made her breakfast. I still had to get her clothes on her. I still had to get her on the bus. And I was going home like, four hours of sleep. I was surprised I got any that night, but I was just too exhausted. So it's, it's a very different picture than when you have that responsibility versus your kids can actually help support you a little bit more because they're in their thirties and have their own kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It doesn't make one any less important or significant. It's just, it's just different. Well, I mean, <clears throat> how, how long did you say you, you were married for? We were married almost 10 years. Uh, we He died 44 days shy of our 10-year anniversary. Yes, I did the math. And we were together two years dating before that. So from 05 until he died in 2017. So almost 12 years. That's a lot. That's a lot of impact. That's a lot of memories. Like that's a lot of stuff to go back and be like, look at all those grateful, all those moments, all those joyful moments that you can be very grateful for. And hopefully yeah. you, you have the ability in – in your, uh, I'm I'm doing typey fingers. I'm doing typey fingers right yeah. now. In your in your writing your books to pay tribute to yeah. those moments, those moments, yeah. and and the 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 kids, their lives are as tribute to the legacy that is the relationship you had with this person. I hope so. The downside, I mean, I wish I obviously I wish I had more time with him. I would have taken forever with him. That was the plan. But I had more than the kids did. My daughter had six years with them and my son had three and not very much time at all. But that's just the way it went. So that's hard. I think piece of the puzzle. They didn't have as much time as I did. Yeah. Well, so as much to fall back on, you know, I, I, I can't I can't begin to imagine that the the type of stress on you, especially having the disabilities and and and. And navigating through that, how how did, was were you counting on him for like rides everywhere? And now, a lot of the time, you know, he was military, so we had to be very careful in how we planned it. Of course, I've always been a planner because of that, because I'm always having to work around, you know, which is fine. I'm used to it. That's right. just what you do. You do what you got to do, and you get it done. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you're used to it, you don't think much about it, except when it doesn't work out, and then you're stressed out because you got to refigure out how to do it. But then, whatever, just mm -hmm. part of the deal. But yeah, we would do it. And then that's part of the reason why I moved back because we were living in New Hampshire at the time because that's where he finished out his military career. Mm -hmm. um, I moved back to Louisiana where my parents live and I have a lot of girlfriends and friends here and a good support system because I lived in this state from 88 to 2007 when I moved to New Hampshire with my husband. Mm -hmm. So not that uh, my parents, my children's grandparents could ever replace their father. I'm not saying that. But I knew it would go a long way for them to have that influence in their life. And I would be able to be with all my friends and have a better support system. So we yeah. knew back to Louisiana. That, that, that structure, that structure yeah. 
to build a foundation when one has crumbled. Yep, exactly. So that's why I'm back in Louisiana. Not my favorite place geographically speaking, but it's it's what we need right now. And we're in a good part of it. So do what you got to do. So so explain to me sort of your goals. Like what 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 is the, the things that like made you go like, here's where all my life experience is. This is all the stuff that I've lived through. And this is all the stuff that I want to live through. What what has been the the forces that have that have motivated you? What has inspired you to to have this whole now I see movement? Well, it's three that's that's one question, but I feel like it has three parts to it. Okay, please use I, as much time as you want. Okay. Well, I was kind of what what I have done early in my life to get me through the disability, I think has also been applicable to the other parts of getting through any tribulation because it's the same idea and principles. It's just applied differently to whatever tribulation whoever's going through. And it can be applied to other ones, not just necessarily a disability or, or divorce or loss of spouse. It's just what you do to get through hard things. You know, I was raised with the idea, let's see what she can do. Try your best. Don't quit and don't give up and do what you got to do. And that's what I've always done. Um, and I did the same thing after divorce. Okay. I'm divorced. I didn't want this. Let me figure out who I am. Let me put my life back together and then start figuring me out again and where I want to go. So that applied to that. And it's also being applied to this situation as well. So that's part of the equation for me is my determination, hard work, um, just sheer willpower, you know, and not ever giving up and knowing that I can do it no matter how hard I may have to try or work at it. I'll get there, you know. It may take me a lot longer or more difficult, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to do what I have to do and what I want to do. I'm not going to let it stand in my way. And a lot of times the doctors would tell my parents, like, she'll probably never be able to do this. Like, I think they said one time, don't expect her to make better than C's in school. And I'm like, excuse me? Um, I'll do this to prove your ass wrong. <laughs> like, hold my beer and watch. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no elementary school <laughs> kids said hold my beer ever. No, oh, that's boy. the adult version of it. But that's I totally, know, I'm totally, totally just kidding. Yeah, that's the adult version of it. And I got that husband too because he was military i mean you have to realize the guy who was the love of my life was like the first part of his career was an infantry grunt for the better part of most of his military career so mm -hmm. you know use your imagination army guys are interesting right mm. <laughs> so um yeah so that was part of it and part of it was i have always felt inspired to write i guess i thought when i was a kid because i started writing young in life and obviously what i write now is totally different than when i was in second and fourth grade but i don't not remember ever not writing. I mean, when I'm not writing, I'm thinking about it. It's just what I do. It's who I am. It's what I love. I guess I thought when I was a kid, I have something to say. So let me write it down and let my voice be heard. We all have stories. We all have messages. We all have our own truth and wisdom to give to the world and contribute. And I don't know, start a dialogue or get communication open and contribute or whatever you want to call it, you know? And so I just always wrote. And then um, depending on what book you're talking about, there's a story behind how it came to be. So that would be the second part. And then the third part is right now it's what I'm wanting to do is because of not because of tragedy, in spite of tragedy, I'm getting the opportunity. If you want to look at it that way, I'm probably not choosing my words very well. I want to be careful in how I say this because I don't want it to sound like something that's not because I've been put on a journey. I didn't expect to be on. I can choose what to do with it. And I'm choosing to try and make it be as best as it can be for me and my kids. 
And so I might as well use this to pursue what I really want to do and define it for myself instead of being defined by all these D's we've been talking about of disability, divorce, and, and death of the loved one, my, my beloved husband. But And I know he would want us to live a good life. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I do feel like you have the ability somehow to to have like a, a hard wire that goes directly to my soul. When you talk about, when you talk about having a voice and using it, that was my inspiration for starting this show. That was right. my inspiration for uh, my inspiration. Absolutely goes into saying like, you should start a show. You should start a pot. Like I, I say that to anybody who I think, has a journey that's so that's so amazing or you have a voice or a perspective that is very unique to you nobody else has lived through what you've lived through nobody else has ever walked in your shoes or seen through your eyes like <laughs> so i mean i know a few people that are disabled and i know a few right. people with divorce i know a few people who are widows or widowers and there might be a few people that are one or two of those out of the three but i don't know anyone in my direct I mean, there's someone in the world probably because there's like, what, eight billion people in this billion people on this planet. So I'm not the only one. But as far as when I say I'm the only one within my life and circle of people I physically know, I'm the only one <laughs> that have all three. You know what I mean? So you there there. There's no better you than the you than you than the you that you are. There's there's absolutely no other person who has your exact exact life experience. So when it comes to being raised by your parents or going to your school, the schools that you went to, the clothes that you wore, the siblings that you had, the fights that you went through, the, the every single piece of your journey is uniquely yours. So that's why I say, take those life lessons, take those yep. life lessons and build that voice up, you know, yep. and for sure, like I said, you have a journey that's so inspirational when it comes to the opportunity to like really put these words down on the record. And then that's one of the major things that I say about this podcast is because I say it's on the record. So I want to say everything I say on the record, this is all outliving me. So I know one yeah. day, one day when I'm not here on this planet, the people who really care about me can go back and hear the sincerity in who I absolutely am. And, yeah. and, and it can, this can be a tribute to, to the life that I lived. And that is absolutely the way I look at it when I would encourage you to do the very exact same thing. Because look at all the things you survived. Look at all the, the people whose life can be affected by, by seeing you and being inspired by you. Well, there's a saying kind of similar to what you said earlier about, you know, what we go through and grow through. Well, there's another one that says what what you live, what doesn't kill you, you have something to write about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I have lots of material. Let's put it that way. You do. Yeah, absolutely. I I want I want to see I want to see you take your journey that you've been on and inspire other people even more than you already do, which I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure there's tons of people who see you and see what you do and hear what you say and read what you write and and feel feel very inspired by you to go like oh if you can if you can live through this 
then I can live through whatever my 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 little things are. Like, well, my kids get annoyed with me because <laughs> you know how kids. Well, no, what, what, you know how kids when you tell them to go look for something and they never can find it unless they want to because Easter eggs prove that, like an Easter egg hunt. And I go like, it's right there in the room, and they're looking at me like I'm not. I'm like, wait, dude, the legally blind mom can see it, then <laughs> you can. So go get it. Like, uh, 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 uh. If I found it. You got no excuse. And they look at me like, like they really want to tell me to shut up, but they know better not to. I'm like, I don't care. I saw it. You go. You go get it. I saw it. I'm legally blind. What's your problem? They like I hate it. Well, well, I mean, they are they are a, they are a, a very very close source to the to the everyday words of their their mom. But yeah. when it comes to when it comes to uh, you know someone who's who's down on on their self for whatever reason, because we all do get very down. We get down on ourselves. I can be my worst enemy easily with no one's help. <laughs> I don't need right. any. Right. And if you can do that and still be motivated to to create some amazing pieces of art or uh, amazing writings or stories or tell your perspective, then somebody else can be like, well, it, I guess it's pretty normal to get kind of down on yourself, but still be able to. You know, you know that saying like feel the fear, do it anyway. Yeah. That's that's kind of how it is. It's like, well, <laughs> do it scared. You, yeah. Just you know, you'll you'll learn that 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 will come like second nature. I think I think that the idea of of me doing this, uh, probably when I was younger, I would probably never do it. I, I was, yeah. I was, I was pretty nervous in front of cameras, and I was like, when it came, like we used to do comedy sketches. Like me and my friends used to do mm -hmm. comedy sketches. Yeah. So, like doing that young as a young kid, kind of like trained me to kind of be in front of cameras. So I'm a little more comfortable with it. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, it got more comfortable with it. But at first, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like in my head, all about it. But you know, it got to the point, especially now when I'm doing this. Uh, and once again, I'm, you're gonna, you're not gonna get through this without me encouraging you to start your own podcast a hundred more times. I'm not saying I'm not open to it, but I got so much crap on my plate right now. I'm just like, let me get some things off my plate, and then we'll talk about. It. Now, I am starting in April, April 5th. I'm gonna start a Facebook group community that I'll go, I'll at least go live once a week in it, and to kind of, um, I've. I don't know if it's just the world we live in or as you get an adult, you become more aware of it or I'm more sensitive to it because of my own experience or what, but I've got several friends that have gone through several um, profound losses and I'm like, we need a, we need a, we need something. So I'm going to create a Facebook group to be there for people who are going the same journey that I'm going. So I'll be doing that. And like I said, maybe eventually I'll do it. I mean, I love doing being a guest on podcast and I've been enjoying this new part of my journey. So we'll see. It's possible. I won't say no, but I got so much to do this year. It's not even funny. Oh my gosh. If you saw my list, you'd be like, woman, like what the crap? Like I can't do just one thing. So anyway. Well, I also can't just do one thing. That's, that's, I'm, I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent understand it because that's like, that's my life is a hundred things at once. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, I, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to advertise myself as somebody who's going to do a lot of things 
or who's going to promise a lot of things, but I'm going to be somebody who just knows the things that I want to do and I'll start doing them. Exactly. This, this, this is the main example of that. Like, um, and, and I want to make sure I say to you while we're on the record that I'm very, I'm very pleased that, uh, we've become acquainted and we're, and I'm glad we're friends now. And I want to let you know if there's any point that moving forward, if you need a friend, if you need a resource, if you need some sort of just judgment free conversation, you're always welcome to get it from me. So please don't reach out. Don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. I just almost said, please don't reach out to me. Please don't reach out to me. (laughs) Don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm always here for you. I know what you're putting down. Sorry. <laughs> so we've talked about the disability and the divorce and the loss of my spouse. What else do you want to know? Or what else can I enlighten everybody with? Hopefully. I can so, tell you kind of like what I've done to help me get through all these things, if that would be helpful for anybody. Yeah, yeah that's great. Absolutely. Okay. This is what I've been talking about a lot with people right now. I have those four things that I think are useful in any given situation that I think are universal to just about any situation or struggle or circumstance that you could be going through, no matter what it is, mine or yours or somebody else's. Like there are certain things that I've gone through that people haven't gone through, but then there's other things that people have gone through that I've not gone through yet, but it's still the idea of no matter what type of struggle or challenge or difficulty is, or, you know, tribulation, it's still the idea of getting through it. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter which, type it is, but it's still the idea of getting through it. So my first thing would be to me, life is a choice. And what I mean by that is you don't necessarily choose what you're given. Like I didn't choose the disability. I mean, I was born with it before I took, knew what it was. I took my first breath and I was already disabled. I didn't have any control over that. You know, like you're a baby, you can't do anything. And like, yeah, I walked out of my first marriage, but I didn't create the situation that he refused to fix. So I didn't ask for a crappy first marriage. You know, I mean, no one goes to the altar saying, yeah, let's get married and hitch and then we're going to be divorced in two years. No, no one does that. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely didn't ask to lose my spouse. But what I do get say over is how I respond to it and what I do with it and what do I make of it after it being put on my plate. Think of it as like you're playing poker, okay, or a card game. And like you don't get to choose necessarily the cards you're dealt, but you get to choose when and how you may play that card strategically to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. Or if you're an artist, you're hired for to do a project for someone and they say you have to use this type of canvas or this type of material and you may prefer another one, but you're hired for it. So you got to do what the boss says, right? So you get the materials and then you don't choose that, but you get to choose what you get to design or want to put on canvas for everyone to see your own way. You're the artist. So I get to say how I want to define myself and not be defined by my situations. And I get to say what I do with them. That's my choice. Right. So yeah. Life is a choice. It's like, and, uh, yeah. Uh, it, life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how you react to it. Exactly. Yeah. I may not always do it perfectly, but I still do my best to do my best and choose things that allow me to keep traveling my journey the way I want to travel and what's best for me and my kids. Right. The and work is never done. Oh, no, never. <laughs> That's an understatement. Um, and do what will help us get to where we need to be and have the best life possible despite what happened. And then the second thing I would say, mindset. Now this to me is even harder than choosing. 
mindset to me, there's a reason why there's the expression mind over manner. If you put your mind to it, you can do anything. And you can, you may get thoughts or feelings, which are totally fine to have. And we all have to process them. But once we process them, we can choose whether we stay in a certain mindset or not. Like, do we want to see the world as half empty or half full or positive or negative? And, you know, if we're on the part of the spectrum of things are really screwed up right now, okay, they might be, but do you want to stay in that thought process or do you want to move towards working towards moving to the other end of the spectrum? Like things could maybe still be okay despite what's going on and seeing the joy, finding happiness in the things. I mean, happiness is a choice and finding things to be grateful for no matter what's going on around you. So, I mean, mindset's everything. And that mm -hmm. mindset that you choose to have can help you stay on course with the choice you made to go and do whatever you chose to do. Our choices make us who we are and take us where we're going. And we can have that mindset to help us stay on track with that decision. Well, <laughs> I think the, uh, the, the, the way that you face the obstacles that are in front of you, uh, the, what, when you, when you've accomplished beyond what you thought you could accomplish because of these obstacles, you, you tell yourself that those obstacles are only obstacles and not roadblocks. Right. So you're, 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 you, you get yourself hopefully a little bit outside of that limited way of thinking. Yeah. If nothing and, else, if you've done something, then you kind of, self proved your, to yourself that it is possible. So if that's possible, then what else is possible? You know what I mean? Yeah. You've already done it once. So then what's to say you can't do it again. So when you write things, this is a, this is a silly, very, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a practical question. When you write yeah. things, do you write things down or do you type things out when you, well, when it comes to writing books? I type them out. I, Personally, my personality would love to do the beautiful craft of actually writing it out and then typing it. But mm -hmm. because I'm a vision, that takes up too much dead gum time. So I'm like, I would get half a much done. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to screw with that. I'll journal for me and enjoy writing it out. But when I write my books, I, I type it out. You know, like for me, I, I have that, that nearsightedness that I was telling you about. When I take mm -hmm. my contacts out, I can, I can see so well. I just like, I, I cherish my like writing so much more than typing things out or typing things out on the keyboard, like typing things oh, out I on agree. a phone or on a keyboard. Yeah. But like, I get it. I don't disagree. I just, I don't have time because right. it takes yeah, it's so, to do it. it's so time. Consuming. As, yeah. It's not as productive. So when I want to get a book banged out, I do it on my computer. Now I'll journal for me and appreciate that. But for mm -hmm. my projects, I, I do it on the computer. <laughs> That's just part of the vision because it takes me 10 times longer to do stuff than normal, regular people who aren't, you know, disabled. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's been so cool hanging out with you, man. I really, I hope we can do more of these. I, I want to pieces of information. What's that? I have two more parts of the equation. No. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not cutting you off. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wrapping it up or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying like, you're, you're this is fun. I, I'm just telling you that I'm enjoying it. Sorry. Go, go ahead with your more information. I'll take it. Um, okay. So life is a choice mindset and then self care. Okay. Now this is a really hard one for me. Cause I mean, I, actually this is interesting cause I've not said this to many guys, so I don't know how you guys see this, but I know for women, 
it's really hard to do because usually we're really busy and we have a million things on our plates for moms or wives for daughters we're daughter-in-laws maybe sister-in-laws we're whatever at work and you know the laundry and the dishes and the whatever whatever the kids running around except i don't run my kids around i have friends that do that but okay aside from that little caveat i'm doing as much as everyone else you know and so i think we either don't feel like we can take the time to take care of ourselves or if we do we feel guilty about it because five other things should be could have been done during that 20 minutes of whatever chill out time and so right. women don't but then we don't realize we're a well of water that we love to give to people but the well is only so deep so when you empty out all your water there's nothing left to give so at some point if you ain't putting back in you ain't gonna get any more out i mean it's like a bank there's only so much money in the bank once it's gone it's gone mm -hmm. so i think you have to to a point at some point be willing to take some time for yourself and to me self-care can be defined as anything involving caring for yourself and adjust a, a, a hearing and attending to your needs, whether whatever that looks like for someone, because we're all different. It could be meditation, it could be prayer, it could be journaling, it could be, I don't know, yoga, exercise, uh, playing a sport, hanging out with friends, going for drinks, whatever. I don't care. But it's the idea of just taking time for yourself. Now, when I was a young mom, my version of self-care was going to the bathroom in peace, okay? Or getting a shower for five minutes uninterrupted, okay? It's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, a mom struggle if I've ever heard one. Yeah, or like just eating a meal without being interrupted to go do five other things. Like, can I just, oh my God, can I just like, let me freaking eat already, you know, or stuff like that. But now that my kids are older, and that I don't require as much as that, but I require it in different ways. So it can evolve and it can change. And like I said, my, what helps me get self-care may not be the same for the next person. And I really struggled with that when I was younger and a young mom, because I was in grad school too, which I don't know how intelligent that was. Um deciding to start grad school when your daughter's eight months old. But yeah, I did that. That's a very tall task. <laughs> yeah, it was, especially when you're disabled and it takes 20 to 50 hours of your week to just do grad school work. And that's not a job. And I didn't have readers and I did everything on audio. Yeah. And when I got out of grad school, I got 20 to 50 hours back in my week that was not sucked up by grad school work. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was that person. Did you ever, did you ever learn Braille? No, I knew a little bit of it when I was young because I did start to learn it. But in the Braille world, there's three different grades. There's grade one, which is just your basic alphabet numbers and punctuation. And grade two is like shorthand. Like instead of writing out the whole word in Braille of B-R-U-S-H, you would have a symbol for the bra sound. And then I don't know what they would do for you because they would either do a symbol the shush sound or maybe they would do the yes sound. I don't know. So grade two is like an abbreviation a shorthand and then grade three is your own your own shorthand of that and i only learned grade one and so basically ironically in the braille world um i'm illiterate because i don't know grade two <laughs> I, I used to work with this uh blind girl and she would um she would teach me certain things and i would i would teach her some stuff like mm -hmm. i would i would um i would push down hard on the pen uh to write letters out and she mm -hmm. would feel the feel the paper to see i mean like this is what the regular letters look like yeah. so i like draw like a big box letter yeah and like pushed hard down on the pen and mm -hmm. then she would she would then do the do the braille stabs i don't know yeah. what they call them braille steps to this um, time when i was learning it i don't know if things have changed because it's been a really long time like i was a teenager you mm -hmm. have a, a a slate and a stylus it's like mm -hmm. this little thing that has yeah. Basically, Braille is based off of six dots. It's a it's half of like an egg carton. 
it's dot one, two, three, and then four, five, six, and the whole braille system is based off of those six little dots. So you have your slate that you put paper through and you have your stylus that pokes holes, literally, based off of whatever you're trying to write, whatever the, like, I think, I forget, A is like number one and L is like one, three, five, or something like that. And then, so then you use your stylus to push holes into the slate that has the paper in it to make the formation of whatever of the dots of the cell that you need to use for that letter. Mm -hmm. That's how they used to do it. I don't know about now. It could still be the same or they could have come up with a better system. I had a, I had a, a bit that I was trying out. I tried it out at uh, an open mic I was hosting where I was saying, uh, I, I noticed that the one ATM machine I was at had mm -hmm. braille numbers on it. Yeah. Like the, the, the pin pad had had braille numbers on top of the numbers. And I was mm -hmm. like, you'd think that like they'd make it simple. Like you'd think one would be one dot, two would be two dots, three would be three dots, but it's way more complicated than that. Well, the reason why is because there's only six dots in the cell. They only, they work off of six dots. So that would mm -hmm. work for one through six. But then when you get past six, there's not enough dots. You have to do something else. Right. The whole uh, system is based off of six dots. Right, I like, you know, you know what's complicated? Numbers. You know what else is complicated? You know. Being blind. Let's double yeah. complicate this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I miss liberal arts. Math is not my friend, so I'm with you on that one. I'm, give me the sociologies, the histories, and the Englishes, and the poli sci and the geography and all that. I mean, mm -hmm. a matter of fact, in graduate undergraduate school, I did a BA in sociology with a double minor in English and history, and my graduate work was. Uh, political science in American government and a graduate certificate in ancient classical history. I did say I can't just do one thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, you're 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 a real you're a real uh, unique person. I I really dig it. Like the the amount of the amount of stuff that you you put on your own plate. Like you said, like you were actually saying, if you saw my plate. You'd be like, wow, that's a lot of stuff on that plate. But yeah, your head would be spinning. Uh, I usually have three projects going at once. Like I'm usually writing one while one's in an editor's office or a formatter's office or something. Like one's coming out next Tuesday and I'm writing another one. And then I've got to start another book after that one and another one this year. And then I think I'll have like nine projects coming out this year, but two of them are already written because I did them back in New Hampshire before everything got life interrupted. Well, life, life is so, um, one thing I, I like to do about, uh, with the show is, you know, we talked about the record saying things on the record. So I wanted to make sure on the record, I told you how glad I was that, that we met and the fact that, that you, you were able to, to carve out this currency of effort and you were able to spend that currency here with me today. The, the attention of your effort and your currency yeah. that, 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 that's so meaningful to me. I, I appreciate that so, so much. And anybody listening, if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for, for uh, paying me in the currency of your effort and your attention. I want to make sure I say on the record that I want to say, I want to give you the opportunity to, I do this thing that I call audio time travel. Okay. okay. So, so before that, I want to say like, I work working on the whole, like making your voice mean something thing. 
<laughs> like if my if my if I, if I put these 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 pieces of work out and let's say nobody listens to them but but then you know let's say like 12 years after I've passed on someone comes across this and it helps that one helps one person I'll feel like I my life would have meant more yeah it mattered you, know? you contributed you made a difference right so uh, with that being said, I want to give you the opportunity for this audio, audio time travel. Just two more sure. things. And I'll, set, I'll send you off with a hot dog and a handshake right off in the sunset. <laughs> so in the audio time travel, I like to ask you to say in, let's say, 2041. Okay. So mm -hmm. 10, years, 10 years from now, this piece of audio this video, this is going to be heard or seen by your your children who have grown up by 10 years mm -hmm. from right now. What message directly? You're, you're speaking directly to that 10 years from now version of your children. What message are you giving them? Actually, I'll tell them they're going to read their book that I wrote for them. But, you know, hey. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Which I actually did. That was one of the ones I wrote. I'm like, go get that book I wrote for you. And I told you, here's your book I wrote for you. Go look it up. But, um <laughs> Being a sarcastic mom, like, duh, look, did you not listen to me when I told you this? But um, no, but for the world, if I had to impart some wisdom to you, I would say life is a choice. It's about your mindset. It's about self-care and being not afraid to get resources when you need them and making the most of your time here. And it's your journey and you get to make the most of it. Just about every life lesson I've learned falls into one of those buckets. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> I don't want I don't want to go. Normally, what I do right now is I'll usually say, um, hypothetically, hypothetically, I wrap up every episode by saying, hypothetically, I've given you this show i've gifted you this podcast considering this whole time i've been telling you get your own podcast you should get one <laughs> but, but so hypothetically i've gifted you this podcast this has been episode one of evolving with michaela cox michaela s cox in a very jerry springer's final thought type of way just wrap it up in a nice pretty little bow and give us the life lessons to take away from it in order to evolve to a better version of ourselves tomorrow. And never then, stop. never and quit. Then, never just, then, just to keep it silly, just to keep it silly, then in your best impression of Alf, I want you to say, Hey, Willie. I suck at that stuff. I am so not that type of person. <laughs> it's okay. I'll tell you it's good. I'll tell you it's good no matter what. That is like a stretch ring. I so I mean, I did speech and drama, and I'm not afraid to speak. In, I mean, heck, you've listened to me talk for I don't know how long. I'm I don't have a problem talking, but that is not my area. So far from that, it's not even funny. Okay, so do whatever you feel comfortable doing, but give those give that Jerry Springer's final thought. Oh God, ah, I'm totally drawing a blank now. I have not the right because this isn't writing; it's not writer's block. But I, I guess I'm stumped. Ah, I don't know what to do. That's me freaking out. Um, shoot, I don't know. Talk about spur of the moment. Okay, so, so <laughs> the 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 lessons that we can take away from from our life lessons that help us 
evolve to a better version of ourselves tomorrow. I know you, I know you started saying, don't give up. Whatever yeah. it is, don't give up. give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Follow your heart and go after it and get it done. All right. Well, if if this is once again one more time, I'm just saying if this is the first time someone's listening to this or seeing this, absolutely follow the links that I'm going to put in the description. Check out all of Michaela's books. Check out all the all her new episodes of her new podcast that she's starting. Wink. <laughs> and and in the future, when she will have a million things on her plate. <laughs> I, I always say I start. I started saying it on my other podcast, Rassle Rock. Um, I say if you if you like this, if you enjoy this, let us know you exist. Comment on the video below if you're watching on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Corey Castle. If you're not already subscribed, go ahead and hit that subscribe button yeah. on Apple Podcasts. You can go follow me on Spotify, and you know, give me a little bit of support. I've, I've appreciated. All of the effort of your attention and, and your and your the currency of your your positivity so 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 much. The only call to action I have for anyone checking this out is subscribe. Let me know you exist. And yeah. uh, I- thanks so much for joining me. Uh, thank you so much for all your time. This has been lovely. I can't wait for us to do it again. And anything you need my help with, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Anybody also who hears me say that, I'm not a hold, I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. If you need a judgment-free conversation, you need a friend, reach out to me, Corey Castle, C-O-R-Y-K-A-S-T-L-E, on all the platforms and check me out. Thanks so much for all your time. Be fun, have safe, and keep evolving. <laughs>